All right, so we're here, uh, episode 13. In uh, in this episode, we're going to be reviewing the Masters, you know, take a look at sort of what happened, uh, talk around some of the some of the stories that came out from it. Um, but the primary focus really is, is to see what what we as sort of everyday golfers can learn from the Masters and the way it's played and uh, and how that can help us to improve how we play the uh, the, the next round that we're playing. So um, that's it for this uh, episode. So it's episode 13 and uh, let's get into it. So the big question is this, how do regular golfers like us, who have jobs, families and very little spare time, how do we improve our golf and lower our handicaps? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Paul Gray. Welcome to Golfing Secrets. Okay, so uh, the Masters weekend. Um, let's kick things off with my, my tip for uh, for the Masters was uh, was Rory McIlroy. Clearly got that uh, got that. Uh, well off um and um we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about McElroy and perhaps what what's happened there and and you know what what happens going forward for him when it comes to to, to the masters and, and the grand slam so we'll talk a little bit about that later but obviously first off you know it's a big well done to john rahm um who uh held off um a a uh a valiant effort from uh, Brooks Kepka, um, and, and even better, a, a, a real good run from Phil Mickelson, who shot a 65 in the last round. Um, so, the, the the theme of this week's episode is is to try and sort of look at what we can learn from the Masters um, to help us in our in our golf games. And um, but before we get to that, I just want to cover off. I have to say, no, I'm not. I haven't been the biggest advocate for for the Live uh, Golf League um, and uh, and tournaments. And I have to say, I, I did think it was great to see some of the some of the more known sort of figures, the likes of Kepka, Mickelson, you know, and and one or two others there. I, I had to say, it was good to have them there. It felt as though it definitely added something to the tournament having their having them there playing and and I think I think some of that comes from the fact that I think some of them are, are, are quite sort of big sort of personalities um and I think that certainly helps I, I do think that th- there seems to be a production line of 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 golfers coming through and onto the PGA Tour and that 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 sometimes can be yeah, it can be a bit bland, <laughs> to, to put it nicely. I think that, you know, with you've got bigger characters, you know, the likes of, of Kepka and Mickelson. Mickelson obviously is the big one when it comes to live and with everything that's happened with what he was saying and and all of that side of it. But I do think the live having the live golfers there adds it adds an extra bit of character to the tournament itself um and was great to see them um always been a fan of mickelson um and i i miss not seeing him on a regular basis playing um uh, because because the coverage isn't isn't as regular or isn't and isn't as good for 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 live and it's i i do miss that seeing some of those some of those characters um 
So for, for me, I don't know that if it makes live feel more legitimate as a result of that. I think it just shows that, you know, those players, I mean, three out of the top five players um, were live golfers. So it, it shows that I think that even though they're not perhaps playing as regularly, they're still top quality golfers. And when it comes down to it, they can still play at the at the top level, at the best level. But I do think there was an element, I think it certainly comes into the sort of the Ram versus Kepka side of things, whereby I, th I think there was an element that Brooks suffered from in terms of, because they're not playing as regular, you know, he came off the back of a win, which is obviously, you know, gives confidence. But because they're not... They're not there in the, in the heat of the battle, week in, week out, having to fight for a cut. You know, there's no cut on the live. So I think having that extra edge certainly sharpens people up, gives them a bit more focus. And I think they, they potentially have, have missed that. Although a good majority of them got through and made the cut, I still think that the element of not playing four rounds in a tournament, I think that may well have you know, hindered Brooks Kepka a bit. I'm not saying that he, he noticed it from a fitness perspective because he's he's clearly, you know, one of the one of the fittest and strongest guys out there. But um there is definitely the, the mental side I think that 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 could have had an impact. And it that that's not the main reason I think as to why as to why he he he, he lost. Um, I think it has certainly a bearing on it. Um, at the end of the day, Ram played tremendously well. But when you look at his last round, even for Ram, it wasn't it wasn't the best of rounds. You know, he he was he was a, a couple under, and you know, strokes gained overall for the whole for the whole um, round. He gained four strokes on the field. Now, what that showed is, is that, you know, the scores certainly weren't as low um, as perhaps we thought they might have been, um, given the changing conditions from Saturday and the weather certainly played a part. You know, it certainly shaped the tournament. Um, but when you look at the weather perspective, you know, John Rahm actually played his rounds. He, he got the, the, the worst side of the draw in terms of the conditions and um you know Kepka and the others certainly didn't or quite a few of them didn't so I think weather certainly played a part but when you look at the numbers it's it's interesting to see sort of that that final round when you compare Kepka and and Ram you know on on the key sort of numbers in terms of say putting you know John Rahm definitely had an edge um the biggest difference was around the green though for them and um whereas you know John Rahm against the field had gained you know almost half a stroke on the field overall just around the green and and when we're talking around the green we're talking you know your short game and you know those up and downs he made a number of crucial putts to um to to keep momentum with on on his side whereas Kepka you know, he lost over two strokes um, to the field for his short game around the green. And and that in itself was a real, 
a real big sort of shift in terms of the overall match because ultimately it really came down to the two of them except for Mickelson and, and, and Jordan Spieth sort of coming through with, with good final rounds to put a bit of pressure on. But ultimately they were still relying on mistakes from Kepka and Rahm of which Rahm didn't make those mistakes and Kepka did and, and that's how it sort of transpired that Rahm obviously finished sort of four strokes ahead of everybody. He didn't make those mistakes and I think it's you know it's testament to his game I think his game is is absolutely fantastic at the moment uh, and has been for a while clearly he's, he's number one in the world and can hit the ball both ways which was another key element you know, hitting that shot down, what was it, down 15, where he, he hit a draw, where his natural shot is a, is a fade, but he can draw the ball. And that certainly helped him there and gave him a great shot into the green um, on the uh, on the 15th, which really, I think, that, that sort of put the final sort of nail in, in the coffin for, um, uh, for, for Kepka, really, and, and for anybody else hoping to sort of maybe get into a playoff. So... I think it, it it really sort of shows that when you, when you look at numbers, and I'm talking just numbers here, not not mental game or anything like that, you know, it came down to approaches around the green, short game, putting. That's where Kepka lost out mostly to um, to to Ram, who who had a, a obviously a, a a stellar sort of four rounds really um you know having played in the worst of the weather as well so there's certainly a, a hats off to john rahm um you know um he's he's certainly going to be winning more majors and and ultimately he's now the only one this year that can do the grand slam this year so um he's uh he's sort of right in the in the in the in the in the prime seat for, for that but going in on into the into the round, you know, talking on the live side of things uh, a little bit more, I, I have to say I'd, I'd love to see more of them playing in the majors for sure. Um, there was news from DP World Tour around that um, they can now fine or the the players who moved across to. Um, to live, they can now you know find them. I think it was a seventy or a hundred thousand uh, euros or pounds, whichever it was, um, and um, is a is a a bit of a, a bit, again a bit of a nail in the coffin in terms of live. Not that it's going to go away, but um, it certainly will have put um, a little bit of the brakes on in terms of what they were hoping to achieve. I would imagine. Um, but I have to say, I'd love seeing some of the live players. I'd like, I did like seeing sort of Mickelson playing. I did like seeing Kepka, even sort of Garcia and that as well. Um, so, so yeah, it was um, a, a great round. But was it a boring Masters final round? Um, in in a lot of the build up, everyone was talking about you know what the weather was going to be like and um, you know, who was going to be be winning uh, one of the big stories is obviously sort of McElroy will he will he sort of win the Grand Slam and I think when it comes to to McElroy I think the it just did, it just didn't feel right from day one um, he, he there's an element of I think that he's he puts so much pressure on himself he even said it in in some of the interviews that uh, he was giving where you know somebody one of the journalists had asked him you know does he does he 
um, does he feel the support from the crowd? And the crowd is obviously cheering him along and wanting him to sort of to do well. And he said himself that he sees that, um, you know, he, see, he gets that feeling from the crowd and that, but nobody wants to win it more than he does. And that in itself, I think, is just puts too much pressure on himself. Um, you know, it's the biggest story because potentially he can join, you know, sort of legends of the game if he does is able to eventually win it. And I think that he he puts an inordinate amount of pressure on himself to do that. Uh, and I was actually listening to um, it was actually a Sky Sports uh, podcast and. And um, Rob Lee was saying, um, uh, Rob Lee and Jamie Spence as well, I think, they were both saying that you know, really he's this year he'd, he'd actually played over 80 practice rounds prior to the Masters and, and in, in preparation. And whilst that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it just too much? Is he just trying that bit too hard? You know, he gets caught up and has to do, he meets a lot of the media and does a lot of that sort of stuff. And he has so much sort of going on around him when he gets to the Masters because of the potential sort of historic sort of uh, Grand Slam that it, it just puts too much pressure on him. He has too much going on. And and Rob Lee and, and Jamie Spence were, were both suggesting that he, you know, just rock up on the Wednesday, <laughs> play a play a practice a practice round, and then get into the tournament. You know, don't put that that pressure on himself to do it. And it will be interesting to see what he does next year. I, uh, um, you know, will he will he perhaps not do as much this year because he's gone from you know he always used to be he would nearly always take the week off before have a few sort of practice rounds and then play the tournament. But um, he went really to the, sort of to the extreme and played a lot of practice rounds um, before the, the tournament even started. And and and, and I think I, I felt it was too much, as, as did sort of Rob and uh, Rob Lee and um, Jamie Spence. So I think it, why, why not try something different and, you know, don't, be as prepared as he always is because he's a naturally gifted golfer he does play he plays quite freely when he's playing his best he's almost not thinking about it and just hitting the targets hitting at the flags going you know at whatever targets he's aiming at and that potentially I, I feel that could be a really good approach for him um, not that he's ever going to listen to what I say but um, but I'm, I'm certainly echoing what what some others have said and um, I do think that you know because there's, there's no doubt about it he's my favorite and and the one that I would really want to, to win it uh, him and Fleetwood would be my two sort of favorites to to sort of win it if if, if they could um, but we'll have to wait and see and see what happens next year and um, there's good performance from Sam Bennett the amateur I think it all sort of got to him the last couple of rounds he'd had the first first two rounds were, were superb you know he was he was playing in the final group on uh, Saturday and and really sort of fell away um, what what that was or what the reasons for that like couldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily be sort of to pin anything on um he certainly his his putting certainly wasn't as good um over in in the last round for sure 
Um, I think he, he lost over two strokes to the field uh, just from putting. Um, and, uh, and, and that was his, that was his sort of big downfall as well as his, um, um, you know, off the tee, he, he he lost a lot. Um, was it one and a half, almost one and a half strokes off off the tee? So, I, I think you know the 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 size of the event and the grandeur of it all, and everything eventually got to him. But what a fantastic time he's had! You know, he wins the uh, I think it's a silver cup is uh, is the trophy for him for uh, for the amateur winner. But um, we'll certainly be seeing a lot more of him. Talk about a weird swing, though. Um, uh, you need to be a bit more of a contortionist to swing like he does. Um, not sure that's something that will, will hold up over a long period of time. Um, you know, sort of uh, similar ones. You look at uh, Neiman, who uh, Jochen Neiman, who has a very similar sort of real sort of contortionist type uh, swing. So um, it'd be interesting to see how how uh, Sam Bennett. Uh, does when he does turn pro um i don't know when that's likely to be um but um uh, in fact talking about that um he's he's an amateur and supposed to not be sort of sponsored but he had a whole heap of different sponsors on his shirt and that so um i don't know is 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 there becoming a bit of a gray area when it comes to um to whether or not you're amateur or not, um, I think uh, that uh, could be uh, one for another time to, to debate. But um, yeah, uh, he, I've not, never seen so many sponsors on a on a on an amateur shirt. And but um, but yeah, let's not take it away from him. He had a great uh, great masters, um, and yeah, hats off to Phil Mickelson as well. Uh, I think that he, you know prove that he's the same age as me he's 52 so um you know he shot a final round 65 not a record equaling one but but you know it was a seven under round <laughs> and and that you know gave him a, a, a slight shout at the end and and if i'm honest i would have liked to have seen him and Ram in a playoff um but Unfortunately, uh, that that wasn't the case. Um, however, very happy to have a European winner, um, another Spanish winner um, for for the Masters. So, so what are the key things that we can take away then in terms of how we can improve our games? Um, for one, definitely slow play. Um, I think uh, there was a, there was a lot of talk about slow play and um, and some of the other competitors holding up the final group um, on virtually every hole. Um, I think as, as amateurs, I, th I don't think it's, it's as big an issue for us as amateurs. We may occasionally play with people who, who play slowly. We may even be slow players ourselves, but but it's not really an issue. But yeah, they could do with speeding things up a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's not that entertaining just watching people standing on a tee waiting to tee off um but um but that's something for the for the uh for the those that um on the pga tour and in the in the uh in the majors to to to, to perhaps take a look at uh because nobody was penalized for it so something to look at whether obviously played a big part as we've as we sort of covered but the, the lessons that we can learn from it so one of the common themes throughout throughout the the coverage um that that was being watched was you had the likes of you know butch Harmon, nick faldo um laura davis as well um all of them 
were were saying you know hit fairways and greens and and learn from that um and they were talking about certain players who perhaps had you know <clears throat> really gone at it and and not hit those fairways even though augusta isn't as penal for not hitting fairways um because you just go into into the um what they call it the bark on the side of the um on, on the ground and um so it's not as penal but even so hitting fairways really does help and and obviously greens but the key part that they were talking about in terms of hitting greens was that hitting if you if you do happen to miss the green it's it's more about missing in the right place um particularly at the masters of of all of the tournaments because you know if you miss the you can miss the green you could hit the green but hit it in the wrong place and give yourself the toughest part that there is whereas in fact if you actually miss the green in the right place you can almost have a, a better chance of either making a putt from just off the green or, or an up and down or chipping in if you miss in the right part of the green and and that's something that i think we as as amateurs can can certainly learn from and and applies for every every time we we go out and play it's, it's about hitting yeah sure we want to hit greens in regulation if, if we can do but it's more about hitting them or missing them in the right places so as amateurs we should be we should take a lead from from the pros at augusta uh, and in the masters and and look to if a flag's on the right hand side and if you miss it right you know an up and down is going to be a lot tougher than if you miss it a long way left so why not aim for the middle of the green or aim left of the flag rather than aiming at the flag or to the right and trying to hope to just sort of draw it in it, it you know we, we can definitely do that um aim for the fat part of the green that's the the easiest part of the green to aim for um and allows for for poor swings poor hits or, or anything really um, and gives us a better chance that if we do happen to miss the green and we miss it to the fatter side of the green we've got a much better chance of making that up and down um, or making that putt from just off the green or whatever it is or even if we're further away from the hole um, and, and that was really borne out I think by by um you know the way that that john ram played in particular um <clears throat> we said you know he there were several times uh if you think of the on the 12th in fact um in the last round the the pin was on the right hand side um of the green and he he hit the green but hit it quite away left of the flag and down on the lower part and had a what was invariably a, a tricky putt um but he he it didn't it didn't really penalize him you know he was able to two part a great two part by the way but um because he missed in sort of the big air big part of the green it, it meant it gave him that chance and a good chance of making his par which was was the the main intention at that stage of the tournament um and this applies to to not just the masters it applies to every round that we all play you know you've got to try and make it easier when you do make mistakes to be able to recover and um and i think that's the the number one big lesson that we can take take away from this is whenever we're playing 
aim for the fat part of the green unless you've got a clean easy you know relatively straightforward you know chip to the green or shot to the green um you know aim for the fat part of the green if it if it if it pushes a little bit you know you should still be all right if it fades a little bit depending where the pins are it should be okay and you still should give yourself a really good chance to make that par which is ultimately what we all want to be doing you know if you make birdies and that brilliant um or even if you're aiming to make a bogey on that hole you get a shot on the hole then you know it's a lot easier to to putt from a long way away than perhaps try and do an almost impossible up and down from the wrong side of the flag so i think we can all learn a, a great deal from that and should certainly take that away when we um come to play our next round uh, the other thing that i just sort of wanted to cover and this this was really this was shown in buckets in on the, on the last hole on the 18th hole um so john rahm you know hooked his hooked his drive into the left trees got a fortunate bounce to be fair and it came back bang in the middle of the fairway but only 100 or 150 yards off the tee now that obviously left him a, a long shot to the green which he wasn't going to take on at that stage so laid up to 130 yards or whatever it was um took the the, the next shot hit the green and then made a putt and and got his par and <clears throat> i think what it what it shows is is that driving it a great distance doesn't mean everything sure it's nice if we can if we can drive the ball 300 plus yards but you know most of us can't do that so <clears throat> accuracy over distance when it comes to you know driving off the tee i think is 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 the second thing that we can really sort of take away and um, I think that that just that that really does um, echo and was borne out by by on the 18th. Okay, he was four shots ahead, so perhaps a, a, an easier decision at that time. But um, and it would have been interesting if he was if he was level or or one behind. If he was one behind, maybe he might have just tried to get it there. But I don't think he was able to to do that. So 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 he sort of laid up. So. Um, you know, for us, all our amateurs out there, um, you know, driving distance doesn't mean everything. Accuracy over distance is potentially the 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 most important aspect for us as 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 amateurs. You know, give ourselves a chance to to make a shot towards the green and um, and make and make the score. Um, so that's the second thing. So accuracy over distance when it comes to sort of driving off the off the tee, and and the the final piece is is short game. You know, short game is is key. Um, you know, when I talk short game, I'm talking sort of fifty yards and in. You've you've only got to look at the numbers when it comes to 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 Ram and Kepka. Kepka couldn't make those up and downs. Um, and and left himself, you know, longer putts than than he would have hoped, and didn't make them. Whereas there were times when Ram up and downed and and, and made those putts, and um, that was a a real key driver toward to him, sort of, you know, beating Brooks ultimately because it did become a little bit of a a match play situation. Um, so they're the three areas that I think that 
as as amateurs we can take away so you know hitting the green or aiming for the fat part of the green you know accuracy over distance off the tee just get it on the fairway give yourself a good chance to to hit the green or lay up to wherever you need to lay up to and then short game you know if we can work on our short game ultimately hitting the green in the right place or missing the green in the right place even you know gives us a better chance with our short game uh from off the green so i think they're the three sort of takeaways if you like um uh that we can that we can all take into our rounds immediately you know you know don't 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 worry about distance off the tee just hit that fairway aim for the fat part of the green and work on our short game they're the things that we can we can really really hone in on and we can do that right from the next round we play so um i would definitely take that away for for for, for this week um to to finish off with we do have um we still have um uh an offer for um the the masters flag offer and, and the guide to the masters for anybody who's already missing missing the masters uh just visit howtopractice.com forward slash masters and um you can download um a uh, a guide to the masters um and uh and if you want you can also um purchase some some flags and bits and pieces um and that's it really for this week uh fairly short and to the point um as always if you've got some value from this or any of the episodes please share the episode with at least one other golfer so we can help as many golfers as possible and of course please do subscribe or follow the podcast uh we try to publish new episodes every monday or tuesday a little bit later this week because of uh because of the bank holiday um but uh, i'd really love if we can grow this community and and i've got some really good stuff coming up thanks for listening here's to shooting lower scores <laughs>